What's up, guys? It is the Sports Fanatic. Back with yet another edition of the Sports Fanatic. Happy Friday. Hope you are having a fantastic Friday so far. Um, it's kind of rainy where I am right now, so it's, it's kind of gloomy. But today is a great day. Today is a great day, nonetheless. And you wonder why today is a great day, nonetheless? The NBA is officially back, man. The NBA is officially back. All right. Uh, we had a great night of basketball last night. Kicked it off with the Pelicans and Utah Jazz playing a, a very close game, back and forth game, with the Jazz coming out on top. Then uh, later we had the Clippers, and well, we had the Battle of L.A. Part Four, uh, Quattro, um, and. The L.A. Lakers came out on top, 103, 101. Um, and, yeah, man, basketball is back. And we have another great slate of games today head, headlined by um, the Celtics and Bucks at four. And I believe the Rockets and Mavericks at six. No, nah, I think six. I don't know. Um, but those are the two primetime games today, along with some other games. But I just wanted to applaud. I'm clapping right now. Applaud the NBA for the job they've done with this bubble. Adam Silver, right now, I would have to say he is the best commissioner in sports. Because he's done an excellent job with this bubble. I mean, ever since we got into the bubble on July 20th, the player has been zero test, zero positive test. Okay, zero players have tested positive for COVID since the bubble. I mean, since the bubble really got started. Um, and just credit to Adam Silver, credit to the NBA in general, just everybody involved in getting this set up and getting this up and running. Um, so I applaud Adam Silver. And uh, let's dive into these two games now. First game was the Pelicans and the Jazz. Um it was a high turnover game. I think both teams were going to combine for 40-plus turnovers. It was a high turnover game. Very sloppy, very choppy. Um, and one thing that really kind of kind of puzzled me was why the Jazz, I mean, why the Pelicans didn't play Zion Williamson down the stretch. Now, Zion Williamson had 13 points in 15 minutes. That's almost a point a minute. It's pretty good. He was 6 of 8 shooting. Um, he was making good plays, making nice passes, and everything. Um, but they didn't play him in the final seven minutes, nineteen seconds of that game. And I'm sitting here like, okay, where's Zion at? Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, I'll be your most talented player. You know, I mean, you have everybody else out there but Zion. And these are games that the Pelicans need to win. They need to win these games to to get and get into the playoffs. Like they, these are getting, these these are like the, the 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 Jazz are already in. They're already in. They've already secured their spot. Really, they've already secured their spot. Um, in the playoffs, maybe they they're they're, they're four seed right now, but they haven't locked in the four seed. But they have. They're going to make the playoffs. So with that being said, it why the Jazz didn't. I mean, why the Pelicans didn't put in Zion with the game on the line, game in the balance. You need your first or second best player, depending on depending on who you ask. Why wouldn't you put Zion in? 
it, it, it didn't make sense to me. And Alvin Gentry went on and went on to say that it's because they used they, they used up all of his minutes, and they were they, you know they couldn't put him in at any after that anymore. I call baloney. I call BS. These this is like must win games. You need your best players in 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 crunch time during these games. These are the only games that you need to have, Mister Gentry. So that decision to not put to not put um um Zion in arguably your best player is just dumb. I don't see any logic or reason why he shouldn't he he wasn't in that game. Now the now um. You know the, the 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 Jazz offense has now flipping over to the Jazz. That's what I wanted to get onto with the Pelicans. Brandon oh Brandon Ingram also looked great. He's having thirty nine points a game versus this um uh versus the Jazz in the regular season. Um, most obviously most and most against any team. Pretty sure he had thirty again last night. Um, but flipping over to the Jazz, um, their offense. Is not good, you know. Like they're like Rudy Gobert. They try to get him more involved on on offense. He doesn't seem like he's a real post scorer to me. Like he's obviously he's a rim protector first, you know. He doesn't seem like he's a really fluent offensive guy under the lobs or whatnot. And other than Donovan Mitchell, I mean, they just, I feel like they just struggle to get buckets. Like Mike Conley's good, but he hasn't fit all year with the team. Uh, his numbers aren't really the best. They've all dipped. Um, he had a terrible start to the season. Without Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, one of the best offensive players, other than Donovan Mitchell, you know, um, now that they're only super, super reliable, I mean, somewhat reliable shooter, I guess, is Joe Ingles. And he, and, and he, he can be streaky. So, I mean, without Bogdanovich, I mean, that's a big loss to a team that needs as much offense as they can get. Um, and... You know, especially against these top defensive uh, against these elite defensive teams in the West, you know teams like the like the Clippers and like the Lakers and etc. You know, um, so the Jazz need to figure the figure the offense out and figure out their turnover their their turnover situation because they need to get the, get that fixed, like like soon they need to get that fixed and hashed out. Um, but yeah, it was a, that that game overall to me was. Tappy, um, different, you know, multiple offensive, um, multiple stagnant, stagnant offensive stretches by the Jazz. Um, Rudy Gobert still the game with two late free throws. You know, I mean, it, it was good, but at the same time, it was like, oh, okay. You know, I mean, a lot of people were watching that game as a tune-up game for the Lakers Clippers game, but um. Turned out to be a great, a great tune-up game, and not just a regular, you know, regular smegular game. So that's good. Um, the virtual fans were great. Um, I think they were great, great addition. Uh, the crowd noise, you know, the uh, different, you know, music, the you know, music that the teams that did that that the teams usually have playing in their home stadium, they brought them to, you know, to the bubble, and I thought that was nice. So so far, it's been so good. Um, and now on to the. Lakers and Pel, I mean Lakers and uh, Clippers. Um, just it's kind of like what 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 we expected out of those t- two teams. Um, you know, obviously the Clippers were without Lou Will and Montrezl Harrell for different reasons. Uh, Montrezl Harrell just not with the team. Uh, still taking care of a family emergency. Lou Will, you know, we know we know what happened with him. I ain't gonna speak on that, but you know, 
he has his own little thing going on. He's quarantining right now. Um, but it was nonetheless still a great game. Um, obviously, the superstar duos went back and forth. Um, you know, it, it was just a clash of two titans. And one thing I just want to make clear. Um, Anthony Davis cannot be guarded. Okay, Anthony Davis. I'm going to say that again. Anthony Davis cannot be guarded. Especially not by anybody on the Clippers. Now, Anthony Davis to the Clippers is like James Harden. Like, each time they play each other, they just go off. James Harden, like, the Clippers cannot hold James Harden and Anthony Davis. They can't. They can't hold those two. They just cannot have anybody on there that can consistently shut them two guys down. Nobody. Not even Kawhi Leonard, the two-time defense player yet. Nobody. Okay, Anthony Davis cannot be guarded. Uh, he is going to be a humongous part to the Lakers championship aspirations, not only with his scoring, but with his defensive versatility, potential versatility, um, and his ability to switch out onto you know Kawhi and PG, not stop them all the time, but slow them down, use his length to, to disrupt them. Um, you know, I mean, he he played, I mean, he put the team on his back in the third quarter when they were down big time. You know, he, him and Kuzma came up big in the third quarter. Huge. Um, so, you know, AD can't be guarded by him on, on the Clippers. And another thing is the Clippers are built to stop LeBron James. I mean, through four games, he's averaging 21 points per game on 37% shooting against the Clippers. Okay, that that's not good. It's not good at all. It's not going to cut it. But on the other hand, even though his defense, I mean, his offense, was his game was off, he's still... They led both teams in rebounds and assists, and he still was playing great defense throughout the whole game on anybody he was on, mostly Kawhi Leonard. Um, from what I saw, Kawhi only made one shot when guarded by LeBron, and that was an uncontested layup uh, early in the first quarter. Um, you know, and somebody that really surprised me and really caught my eye on defense was Kyle Kuzma. At any time he was on Kawhi, he Kawhi could not find any space against Kyle Kuzma or LeBron, especially not late in the game. Um, you know, and and I think it's 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 a, a testament to the work that he's put in on the end of the floor. You know, the attention to detail that he that they try try to put in. Um, and you know, hats off to Kyle Kuzma. He's he's he played great defense. Um, and also Deion Waiters came up in my big off, off the bench. I think he scored. He was in double digit, double figures scoring. He was well, he was only one of six from behind the arc before four on layups. Uh, he gives the second unit a great shot creator, and somebody the only guy really in the second unit who can get there. He's the only guy in the second unit that can consistently create his own shot, and he's he does it pretty well. You know, he's been known to be an ISO guy throughout his career. You know, um, so he's a great shot creator. And uh, he had a big game off the bench. Uh, Crusoe played well. Didn't really see a whole lot of JR. Um, but really, they got great bench con- contributions. And they should, I mean, I mean, now the series is tied up at two. And now, on the Clippers side of things, obviously they're without their superstar scoring tandem. Lou Will and Montrez Harrell. You know, that's about 40 points right there. Um, but people don't realize that through three games against the, against the Lakers, Lou Will is only averaging 11 points on 38% shooting. I did the math last night because I saw everybody talking about how if Lou Will and Montrezl Harrell were there, it would have been such a huge difference. And 
Montrez Harrell averages 18 points uh, on, tw- on 66% on shooting. So that's a combined 29 points. Uh, you know, 10 less than what, the, what they usually average. That's 29 points. But Reggie Jackson and Pat Bev uh, played a combined thing, 50 minutes, 50 minutes. Um, and I think and, and Reggie Jackson was off. He had a couple of shots early in the game that kind of cooled off. Pat Bev hit a, hit a couple of threes, kept him in the game in the third quarter, kept it interesting. Um, they kind of made up for that lack of scoring. And also they got buckets from Patrick Patterson, Amir Coffey, the rookie from Minnesota, hit a three. Um and uh, Jim Michael Green. Uh, so they got other bench scoring, and they also had their both. And they they had their two superstars, and they are coming off the same layoff that that the Lakers are. So, um, you know, they I think the Clippers are definitely going to get their rhythm back. Especially I think when they get when they get Lou Will and Harold back, they'll have everybody. I think then they'll be able to really, you know, lock in and you know get ready for the playoffs. Um, you know, but. I mean, I mean, hats off to the Clippers, man. You know, they were down their superstar bench duo, and still had a chance to win that win at the end with the you know Paul George, uh, missed three at the end. Um, you know, I mean, which is great for them. You know, obviously, you know, it's it's honestly great for them. Um, you know, but this game, in my opinion, I mean, it is. I mean, this this is have any effect on the playoffs? Not really. You know, um, does it have any effect on seeding? Not really, you know, but this is still a great game between, in my opinion, the two best teams in the league, uh, two of the three deepest teams in the league, in my opinion. Um, and when they're fully healthy, uh, I, I expect them to go at it again in the Washington Conference Finals, as is everybody else. Um, but, yeah, uh, Kawhi, Kawhi, one thing I noticed about Kawhi is he didn't seem to get a whole lot of lift on his jump shot, especially his mid-range. His mid-range is always coming up short, you know, always hit, always hitting the the front of the rim, you know, couldn't really elevate a whole lot. Um, but I, one thing I noticed about, about, about the Lakers defending, another thing that I noticed about the Lakers defending Kawhi and Paul George, the only three guys that the end game that consistently bothered Paul George and uh, Kawhi, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron James, and AD. Those three guys need to rotate. Them three, maybe Marquise Morris, if he can, if if he can get, if he can, you know, maybe make maybe make life too difficult for Kawhi PG at 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 six ten to two forty something. Maybe he can he can make make life difficult. But for right now, those three guys are the are the guys that need to be defending those two. Not Danny Green, not KCP. Okay, you use those guys against a guy like Lou Will, a smaller, slender guy on the shorter side, about six two. You know, Lou Will about six one six two to bother him. You know, that's who. That's who. Danny Green and KCP should be guarding guys like Lou Will, Pat Bev, you know, um, Reggie Jackson. They they don't physically match up well against Kawhi, PJ, or like Jason Tatum or any other big wing in the league or Giannis, who or whoever they might be facing. You know, they don't match up well with them at all. So they need to put they need to rotate LeBron, AD, and uh, Kuzma on those three. Um, are they still still going to get buckets? Obviously, because they're two great players, two of the best scorers in the league. But those three have proven to be the best defenders on them. And you know, I know with LeBron being thirty five and eighty not be really being used to being in the big lights, you know, it's a lot to ask for them to, you know, to hold Kawhi and PG to under thirty or whatnot, and then go ahead and score thirty, grab ten boards, just that how just how ten assists. But 
It's what they might have to do. It's what they're going to have to do if they want to beat the Clippers. Um, it's what they're going to have to do. Um, but, yeah, man, you know, that's my analysis of those two games. Um, the great games. Uh, you let me know what you guys think of the new, you know, bubble and how everything's going. You guys let me know what you think. And, yeah, man, uh, happy Friday once again. Hope y'all are having a great day. And I will see y'all when I see y'all. Peace. I'm out.